0: Are you Ready to talk Padres baseball? We've got you covered. Today we've got day baseball as the Padres get ready to wrap up their latest series in San Francisco against the Giants. And despite having to come in for an early show, our host Mike Janela does have one thing on the upside. I'm here in the big boy chair, so I have that going for me. Also on the program, we've got Bob Scanlan, who we're just hoping doesn't go all Magic Mike on us again today. What, what is, is happening? Scanlon is
1: unbuttoning his shirt. I, I don't know what's about I to happen. I came prepared. Oh yeah. Is you I am more than prepared. Sun's out, gun's out, too. The shirt sleeves are way up the shoulders.
0: And rounding out the crew is possibly one of our most perfect Padre Social Hour co-hosts, Ben Higgins. That that guy is tough, honorable,
2: courageous, uh, you know, everything that people should strive to be it's incredible
0: now coming to you from the amr studio inside the western metal supply company building it's padre social hour with your hosts mike janella bob scanlon and ben higgins
1: It's getaway day for the Padres in San Francisco. And Ben, tell us how you really
2: feel about yourself. Jeez. Why did I stop there? I, I mean, there's so many other great qualities. Hey, you're amongst friends here, Ben. There's no reason to hold back. Handsome, intelligent. Sure. Yeah. Courageous. Don't forget I'm courageous. Ca- I'm carrying the couch today. I, well I, I, dressed. Welcome to Padres
1: Ben Higgins Compliment <laughs> Hour with Ben and Bob Scanlon, Mike Janella here, and uh, the brunch edition. 11:30 kickoff. You guys brunch guys at all? Oh,
3: absolutely. Sure. Anytime you
2: can get waffles and bacon in the middle of the day, I'm on board. I just like having two meals in one. You start with the kind of breakfast items, the eggs. The pancakes, waffles, bacon, and then you move on to the lunch items. That's you know, not how it's supposed to work. See, I'm not a big brunch guy because of that reason. What? Usually
1: you get just the one meal, and it's kind of like an in-between. Pick one. It's oh, either breakfast or lunch.
2: Ben, he obviously yeah. doesn't know how to brunch. Not at all. Or he's not nah, going to the I've right places. I have been doing it wrong. Plus, yeah. it yeah. always comes with some sort of uh, fun beverage, you know, right. mimosa, Bloody Mary. Exactly. Just yeah. a beer. <laughs> uh, it
1: wasn't for me. And I came from New York where brunch was the, you know, de rigueur on the weekends. And I just – I'd rather sleep in and – Get lunch straight away. Speaking That's of
3: which, where's content. our brunch? Yeah. We, wasn't that part of
2: your ben deal? Ben told me that he
1: was maybe bringing donuts I, today and decided I, not to. There was no parking.
2: I, I looked.
0: Yep. Wow.
1: Classic excuse. Uh, jump <laughs> in on the conversation as we get moving. We will talk baseball at some point. Hashtag Padres SH. Also, the live chat going on at Padres.com slash social hour. And uh, we actually have a tweet from uh, the Padres account themselves as we're looking to that day game coming up, the series finale in San Francisco and there's a tarp on the field. Uh-oh. Hard to tell uh, out here today. It's a beautiful sunny day in San Diego. But up by the bay, the tarp is out there. But there's no rain scheduled for one's first pitch. Starts, I believe. So still 1245 first pitch on target. So that's that's a good thing. Absolutely. What's not a good thing? The loss last night. Absolutely not. One to nothing. That was rough. <laughs> uh, we're going to probably have – we're trying to get Jesse Agler on the show, Skyping in from San Francisco to talk about it himself. He saw it, of course, up close and personal. But, I mean – you guys saw that game yesterday. Some people after the game calling it a heartbreaker. I don't think it's a heartbreaker. I think it's a frustrating game, an angry game, because it wasn't like they lost the lead or they gave up a walk off. I was just I was mad because they pitched so well. They played the defense, but it's the same broken record with the offense not being able to drive guys in when it matters. To me, it's a it's an
2: anger game.
3: Yeah, and they had opportunities also, didn't they, Ben? I mean, three, early three on, times, uh,
2: guys at third yeah. with less than. Two outs, and you didn't bring any of them home. Yeah, exactly. When you've got a chance to score off Johnny Cueto
3: in the first inning and you don't get it done with a runner on third and less than two outs, that's not setting the tone that you want. And they had opportunities with bases loaded, obviously, and some other, you know, chances to score. And, you know, defense – a little bit of a maybe shaky play by Ramirez that, that started that inning yeah. that, that allowed the one run to score. Other than that, it was you know, a pretty well-played game. I thought James Shields, one of, one of the better
2: outings that we've seen out of him in quite a while. All around great. I mean, yeah. seven innings, three hits, the one run. He also had the only hit the Padres had with the runner in scoring position. <laughs> it was a bunt single with a guy on third. Unfortunately, it didn't bring him home. You usually score when you get a single with a runner in scoring position, but not this time.
3: Yeah, you know what I really loved watching James throw is that not just the results of the one run over the the outstanding outing, but the way he went about it right there. Look, fastballs on the inside quarter to left-handers. I thought he did a great job of getting to that Glove side of the plate, which has really been a problem for him. It was last year, early on this season as well. That's why we saw so many home runs. But last night, did a great job of really using both sides of the plate. When he missed in on the lefties, he missed in. He didn't make mistakes out over.
1: And he only maxed out at 91 on the fastball yesterday. So when you don't have that kind of stuff, I think that's the issue we saw with Drew Pomeranz in game one of this series. Didn't have his best stuff couldn't really bulldog it past four and a third. James Shields throwing a little maybe slower than usual, but with location and his veteran guile able to, you know, get through those seven innings.
2: You know, Petco Park is a great place for James Shields to pitch, but at night in San Francisco on a chilly night, you know, facing a lot of left-handers, it's tough to hit a home run in that ballpark. Unless you're, you know, Barry Bonds, left-handed, so a lot of fly ball outs. That it's just not that dangerous. It's a good place for James Shields to have a good outing. Yeah, and again, I go, I just go back from a pitcher's standpoint. My, my question
3: I always had to ask myself after any outing, regardless of what the box score said, was, did I make my pitches? And for the most part, he did. And when he missed, he missed off the plate to give himself a little bit more breathing room to go outside.
1: Yeah, and uh, he, rightfully so, probably deserves to be a little bit frustrated with the lack of run support. Yeah. That's, in fact, what Andy Green said after the game. And let's hear what Andy had to say about James's performance in that one nothing defeat.
3: Uh, he wants to win. Uh, I think everybody's uh, frustrated, and rightfully so, after a game like that. Uh, there's no doubt that he's given absolutely everything he has on the mound and he's given it in the box and he's competing to win every day so I'm sure there's frustration for him right now but he knows he did absolutely everything he could possibly do today that's the best game he's thrown that's probably the best game we've had thrown all season uh he had had we had the lead or been uh tied he would have had every opportunity to complete that game just like Cueto did and I think if you look pitch by pitch uh he might have even outpitched him we just didn't do anything for him
1: Four times this year, Padre's pitchers have gone seven innings in a ball game. Shields has now done three of those four. He continues to be the workhorse, but that run support just isn't there It's got to be i mean frustrating is the word I keep coming back to because I just that's how I feel for him. I can yep. only imagine. What he's going through, no
3: question. And I'm trying to figure out what you know. What is the genesis of the problem that's going on here? And what I keep coming back to, And I, I'm looking at the leadoff guys. I'm looking at guys trying to start innings. I'm looking at pitch counts, all this kind of stuff. And really, when you just look at the four, five, six batters of this lineup right now, collectively they're hitting two ten with four home runs. That's your middle of your order. That's the meat of the order. Yeah, that's right? a problem. Where's the beef? Like
2: the lady used to say in the in the commercials from the Wendy's commercials, commercials yeah, right? I think we. It I think we know. there's there. no way James Shields should be zero and four. At this point in the season, he's pitched well enough, I mean, to be 4-0 and or 3-1 and quite easily with how he's thrown. He's kept the Padres in every single game. He's gone at least six in every single game. You can't ask a lot more about James Shields. If you look at his record, you say, oh, wow, what's wrong with James Shields? Nothing at all. He, he's pitched well this season. He just hasn't gotten the support. He hasn't gotten the luck you need as a starting pitcher to sometimes put the W in your column True,
3: there. but as far as the Padres are concerned, and remember, coming into the season, what was one of the agendas? Obviously, to try to move some guys to bring younger players in. So as far as the baseball world, watching James Shields throw right now, I'm a scout sitting in the stands. I'm saying, hey, this guy's got good stuff. He's keeping his team in the ballgame. He's locating to both sides, which he didn't do effectively last year as well as he's doing this year. For me... James,
2: James Shields' value is up, and that's a good thing for the Padres
3: ultimately, especially come the trade
2: deadline. There was something made of the fact that he never hit above 91 on the radar gun last night. Is that something to be at all concerned about I don't, from a pitching perspective? I'll let
1: the pro answer this after me, but for me it's a no because of what I said earlier. The fact he still pitched so well, despite that, I think adds to the value. I don't think if anyone does trade for him, they're looking for the ace that maybe he was three or four years ago. I'm thinking maybe a number three starter, a good veteran, stabilizing presence in a rotation. And if you can do what you did last night without getting above 91, I think that's a valuable commodity.
3: Couldn't care less about the velocity out of James Shields in one game, really. I mean, even if you see a trend, look, he's older. I mean, everybody knows he's got miles on on the arm. The team that's going to grab him is going to be the team that, a, wants somebody that's going to grab the ball every fifth day, be a stabilizing force in that rotation, and can he get his his pitches to the outside corner, which is going to prevent the long ball, and he's shown all those things so far this season. So as far as I'm concerned, James Shields off to a really nice start.
1: I, I looked this up, because uh, I was curious, knowing you'd be on the show today, Scan. Uh-oh. You made uh, four starts in your career where you allowed no earned runs at all. Do you remember your record in those four, or what? What would your guess be? <laughs>
3: I have no idea. I know one of them. I think maybe actually came against the Giants. It was one of the better outings that I had, and I remember I was cruising along. I think I had one or two hits allowed, and uh, Skipper came out to take me out of the ball game. It was like, "Oh, come on, let me finish this one." And sure enough, Dave Smith blew the, blew the game for anyway. Dave Smith, how dare you! <laughs> uh, you went one and three
1: in those four career games, and yeah. that game, the San Francisco game, was your rookie year. I have it right here, at the line in front of me. Yeah. In uh, ninety-one, seven and two-thirds, two hits allowed. That was it. No runs, one walk, two. Ks, by game score, which is that Bill James kind of, uh, you know, 50 is a normal game score. That was the best game of your career. And they yanked you. And you lost
3: it. Two to one. You see, it's easy to remember those games when you've only had two or three good games (laughs) in your career. So they really stand out. It's easy. Uh, But I mean, you've been there. So when James
1: Shields wakes up today, what's going through his head?
3: You know, first of all, you're saying, hey, did I do my job? Did I keep my team in the ballgame? Yes. I mean, you're frustrated, obviously, at the overall record of the team at this point but as a player it's sort of that balance of i'm here for the team i'm gonna do whatever i can for the team what's the best thing i can do for the team make sure that i'm ready to perform on a daily basis what can i do to help this team win today i can go out and put up his innings so i'm sure he's frustrated but at the same time feeling like hey I'm doing what I need to do on the hill. Did my job. The boys are going to score some runs eventually, hopefully for me. I can't control that at all. What I can control is making pitches and getting outs and keeping the
2: boys in the game. And knowing James, he's probably kicking himself over the one pitch to Denard Span. It was a little up that he put off the wall that scored the ol- over, yeah. only run. Yeah, that's. Yeah. I mean, he's probably kicking himself because that's who James Shields is. But that's MLB, and at MLB, you, you at the end of the
3: day, usually when you're. Sitting there with an L on your record, it's because of one or maybe two pitches, and that was right. the one.
1: These guys hit mistakes. That's yep. what that's what happens. That's yep. what pitching and hitting does at this level. Uh, Friar Fever tweeting in: Is brunch like baseball and rife with unwritten rules? I think so. There are some things you don't order at brunch, or if you go a little too deep into the bottomless mimosas,
2: maybe get a little cut off. You know, that's. I
3: say there's no limit. I always skip those, nah. riddles, <laughs> those, those no, cheese blintzes. Just go for it, man. Just,
2: I skip the cheese blintzes. Other than that, I, I got everything. I shellfish. Waffles, bacon, wow. I'm you guys on board potatoes, with potatoes. There man, is etiquette
1: there to for. a brunch, and these two obviously don't know what it is. Oh, the
3: etiquette is to get there as soon as they open, sample everything along the way, fill your plate as many as times it's before they close. It's don't fill right. up on it's the not fruit. Yes. Old country <laughs> or you can go straight
2: to the dessert too if you want. Go right to that dessert. Nothing table. wrong with that at all. Dessert for brunch is more than nothing fun. to be ashamed of. No,
1: multiple ble- bloody marys. That's the only rule that
2: Blooper lives by is uh, (laughs) unlimited Bloody Mary. So that we can see
3: him dancing in the stands afterwards.
1: (laughs) Yeah, or in the restaurant (laughs) at the day of. The more entertainment, the more Blooper dancing, the better. Um, Don't forget tomorrow, there's a big thing coming up tomorrow. They're announcing the All-Star Game spokespeople right here at Home Plate Plaza. And I'm putting a tweet out now. Let us know. We've been, you know, we think we have an idea. But I'm tweeting it right now, at Mike Janela is my handle, or use hashtag PadresSH and you'll find it. Let us know who you think the two people will be. These will be the uh, the spokespeople. That will be the ambassadors for the event, for the All-Star Game, and all the activities announced here at Petco Park tomorrow. So uh, big question mark, but we're less than 24 hours away from finding out. So let us know who, you, who your two best guesses are. Uh, we're going to come back with some more. Yeah, it's gonna be the two guys on the couch. I hopefully so. not. Yeah. So we got better. We got better pull than that here in the organization. <laughs> oh, uh, wow. The Padres will honor the French community. Enchanté chante oui, during oui. French Heritage Night on Monday, May second, when the Padres face the Rockies at seven ten. A special theme game package includes a game ticket and limited edition French themed Padres shirts. They Tramp- better have
3: crepes at the ballpark. Trampien? That's all I've
1: say. Yeah, some crepes. It'll be great. Tickets available at padres.com/slash/theme games. Crepes, a good brunch food. That I can get on board with. We're back with more Padres Social Hour right after this.
0: Before every game, get your Padres talk on with us. This is Padres Social Hour.
1: The 1245 first pitch for the Padres looking to snap their little losing skin and send the Giants back below 500. we We're here in the AMR studio as the team is up in the Bay in San Francisco and joining us now in the Cholula Hotline we hope... Because it's the first time that we're using uh, Skype video this year. So, Blooper, this is all on you. Do we have Jesse Agler? Yes. Hey, there's Jesse. Right. We see him. That's great.
4: I can not believe this worked.
1: Yeah. Uh, we want to ask you as many questions as quickly as possible in case it all falls apart <laughs> in, like, two minutes. So, how you doing, Jesse? Uh,
4: I'm doing well, thank you. Hope you guys can hear me okay. The organ is uh, rocking the Beach Boys right now here at at and Park. So, I got the headsets in. I'm hoping that... Uh, That makes me coming in nice and clear for you.
1: (laughs) Nice. Yeah, no, so far, so good. So uh, play away, Oregon man. Uh, How's the – put your meteorologist cap on. We saw the tarp on the field a little bit earlier.
4: How's it looking now? all good. They just took the tarp off right now. They are actually, as I uh, duck my little face over there, uh, rolling it up in shallow left field as we speak, so there should be no issue whatsoever uh, when it comes to uh, to weather here today. We got rained on earlier. It was gross. It is now uh, partly cloudy, and it should be beautiful for uh, first pitch at 1245. You know,
3: speaking of beautiful, Jesse, I don't know if you know it, but somebody's trying to sneak over your shoulder. That would be Dave Marcus, our incredible producer engineer over there in the radio broadcast. Uh, is Dave doing okay? I mean, he's trying to get some
2: airtime behind you.
4: Marcus, you doing okay?
2: You know, <laughs> I Baby saw Zink. forehead, but no I I wanna get get Dave, come on, get get him up to the laptop they so we can see Dave. Dave. Just get up. Yeah, there he there is. Hey! What's and, up? And blooper blocks him with Jesse's Twitter <laughs> handle. Great engineering, Seth. Stay That's hot. awesome.
1: There, he <laughs> there is. we go. Now we're fixed. Oh. Uh, yeah, Good uh, man right there. Uh, Jesse, yeah. you you were there obviously, you saw everything, every pitch last night. Uh, I was listening because I was driving home when the game started, and I heard you talk about how Cueto, as a fan, is fun to watch. Uh, Not too fun for Padres fans yesterday. Uh, I mean, he had everything going. Was it more his success escaping jams from what you saw or just Padres' futility that cost him the game last night?
4: No, look, he he buckled down, and he did a good job in those big situations. And I think, what, three times in the ballgame, the runner uh, was on third base for the Padres with fewer than two outs, and yep. they couldn't get him home. And it, it's easy to sit here and be like, oh, they couldn't come through with the big clutch hit, or they aren't hitting well with runners in scoring position. But when you're facing guys like Bumgarner and Cueto, and today Samarja – they don't scan, you know, There's like these are good pitchers and they know how to buckle down in those situations. And I think that's what we saw. And um, before the game yesterday, Andy Green said, hey, it's tougher for Cueto to do some of his Cueto things, you know, the hesitations and the shimmying and all of that stuff when there are guys on base. But he is still able to do other things with guys on base to disrupt the timing of a hitter. And I thought he did an outstanding job last night. And look, There's a reason he got the free agent contract from San Francisco that he did this year, and uh, a big part of it, I'm sure, is what he's able to do in situations like last night.
2: Is it just me, or it seems like you you used to face an ace-type pitcher or a guy with ace stuff maybe once a week, maybe twice a week. It seems like the Padres are facing ace pitchers four or five times a week or at least guys who throw like aces so far this season. It's
4: unbelievable, isn't it? And and it, it seems like it never stops. It doesn't make t- I'm not good at math. I talk about this all the time. I don't understand really how numbers work. But like you said, Ben, if a team has uh, one ace or, you know, two aces, San Francisco, I suppose you could argue three or two behind Bumgarner or whatever, like – how are we keep hitting these guys? You only play these teams, you know, three games in a row. I don't really understand how it keeps happening, but it does. It's, it's like, oh, we saw Wainwright in Waka and now we see these guys here. It, it's been pretty incredible here in the first month of the season.
3: You know, Jesse, one of the topics here today has also been how the pitching staff has handled sort of the frustration of not getting the run support at times. What, what's your sense? Yeah. Has there been any grumbling, any talk about it? Or are guys just going about their business and staying focused on
4: making pitches that they need to make? No, I haven't heard anything about it. Um, Not to say that it isn't being discussed behind closed doors because who knows, but um, I think that's a positive. And last year, as we all know, and as we've all discussed uh, more than enough times, Andrew Kashner was that guy last year. This year, maybe it's going to be James Shields, you know, who's not getting the run support. Uh, But the good news is whether it is a Pomeranz or whether it is a Shields or a Kashner, these guys are going out there and they're doing their thing. You know, whatever the run support situation is right now, it doesn't appear to be bothering them now. If it continues all the way through, you know, the all star break in the situation, uh, you know, keeps getting more and more frustrating. Who knows? Maybe it does become a bigger issue. Uh, But right now, I think the pitchers are focused on pitching, which is what you want. Um, But, Bob, I mean, what do you say? It's impossible as a human being not to be frustrated on some level by that, I would imagine.
3: No question about it. It does. But at this level. You've got to try to stay focused on what you control. And, and obviously, you can't control the defense. You can't control the offense. All you can control is making pitches. But that being said, these guys are competitors, and they want to win games, and you start trying to do too
2: much sometimes. I haven't seen that yet, and I hope we don't. Jesse, you know what you guys need? You and Uncle Teddy back there, and, and Dave Marcus, and the coaching staff, and the players. You guys need a happy flight. So yes. far, the Padres are 0 6 in series finales this season. You That's need to win good. the last game of a series so you can have a happy flight down to L.A., and feel good about yourself for the next couple of days?
4: There's uh, There are a, a myriad of reasons why the Padres uh, winning this game would be better than the alternative, <laughs> and, and that's certainly on the list, uh, Ben. There's no doubt, especially with the off day tomorrow. You know, look, it, again, these guys are human beings, and you, know, you got some time to think tomorrow. you got some time to rest, relax, recharge, all of those sorts of things in Los Angeles and uh, to do so after a win is probably better for the old mindset than doing it after a, a third straight loss to the Giants.
3: Hey, Jesse, I know you got work to do, but an important topic here today has been brunch. And I know one <laughs> of the best things about the radio booth there in San Francisco is you're literally three feet away from the food room. They always have good meals
4: there. Tell us about the food they have over in the food room over there today, and did you crush something? I have not actually made it in there yet. Uh, everything was a little bit delayed down at the clubhouse today. There were some meetings taking place, oh. uh, so I just kind of scurried up here to chat with you guys. But I will tell you, Last night was uh, Chinese Heritage Night here at AT AT&T Park, and there was some outstanding uh, Chinese food in the media dining room, Uh, as you said, three feet behind the booth. Uh, But I will be checking on brunch very quickly. And uh, the scan ma- I'll, I'll text you. I'll let you know what's going on.
3: Awesome, man. Yeah, keep the priorities. Don't let those meetings get in the way. Get into the food <laughs> line. Come on. I, if, if, yeah, Jesse's, yeah. if Jesse's
1: burping uncontrollably during the first two innings today, we know why because he went for the yeah. brunch. Uh, it is, my last question for you, Justin, we'll let you go. Uh, it's a weird getaway day because you're just going to L.A., so it's an early game today. Then you have tonight, all day tomorrow
4: off. Any fun plans for a little free time? I'm actually driving back to San Diego tonight uh, after we land in Los Angeles. Uh, with a five-week-old baby at home, it, it seems like maybe not the best. Smart idea man,
1: to, smart uh, man. to stay
4: in Los Angeles and hang out by the pool all day, uh, <laughs> with uh, just such a short <laughs> drive in between uh, the family and me. So I will be—I'll uh, be heading back to uh, to the neighborhood. Uh, tonight and uh, come back up to LA Friday morning for the
2: first game of the series. That's awesome. awesome. I probably could answer. I could have answered yeah. that one for Jesse too. See rooftop of the <laughs> London exactly hotel pool <laughs> or. or well, no, sometimes the, life the, the guys day. bring yeah. the families up to the hotel, <laughs> right. which
3: is another option. Yeah. Maybe during the summertime.
4: Exactly. He's a little bit older, I think. That's, yeah. That there still seems kind of scary right now. We're new at this. Yeah.
1: <laughs> 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 well, uh, don't ask me for advice because I am the worst to give it. But uh, Jesse, thanks so much, and uh, yeah, hopefully it is that happy flight with the win. And uh, yeah, safe travels on the way Have a great call,
4: Jesse. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Good All to right. see you. Can't yeah.
1: believe this actually worked for the whole segment. Yeah. Good job, Blooper. <laughs> I did something. You did something good. <laughs> Pat yourself on You think the Internet in the, the
2: Bay Area has got to be pretty good, right? I mean, yeah, Silicon look, Valley, you know, Valley, they, they got their Wi-Fi, from, right? Yeah, yeah, they better be bringing the Wi-Fi <laughs> up there, right?
1: Uh, thank you, Jesse. That was the Cholula Hotline. Uh, uncapped real flavor with Cholula Hot Sauce, the official hot sauce of the San Diego Padres with that iconic wooden Cap. When we come back, we've had some Twitter questions that have been piling up over the last couple days we haven't got a chance to get to. We're going to get to them right after this on Padres Social Hour.
0: You want to talk Padres? Lucky for you, we're doing exactly that. This is Padres Social Hour from the AMR studio inside Petco Park.
1: We're back here on a gorgeous Wednesday in San Diego as the Padres are up in San Francisco, and it's starting to get gorgeous there. Gorgeous adjacent. The tarp is now off. The sun's starting to peek through the clouds as we take a live look at AT AT&T Park. Uh, One of the best parks. I mean, I hate to say it with uh, them being a division rival and all, but I love seeing games up there. Hopefully today the Padres see a win. Uh, We're going to get some Twitter questions here as uh, Ben and Bob are back in studio with me. Uh, But first, I wanted to talk about an old Padre Uh, I had to talk about this last night. Eric Kratz, and by old Padre, I mean he was in spring training for like two weeks, traded for Dan Straley, who was then uh, couldn't stick with the club. But uh, Kratz pitched last night, and that's weird because he's a catcher a 36-year-old, I believe 36, veteran catcher, first time pitching in the bigs, and he was the first position player to pitch this year in Major League Baseball against the Mariners, and I think once he came in, a lot of people on Twitter were waiting for the snark to say, oh, J should have kept him as a reliever the way the bullpen's been struggling, Uh, but one inning, three hits, uh, gave up two runs, one earned, no walks, no strikeouts, for Kratz in the game yesterday. Uh, you ever have a position player pitch during one of your games? Not one you started, but when you were on a team? Yeah, I'm
3: afraid so. When I was with the Cubs, Doug DeCenzo actually came in and, and relieved nice. us one time. And uh, it, later on in Sports Illustrated, they had a picture of myself and Dave Pavlis. I'm 6'8". Pav was about 6'7", and they had Doug DeCenzo, who was about 5'7", <laughs> between <laughs> the two of us. And they're saying, hey, the little guys showing up, the big guys. And uh, Doug, he did a nice job, though. He had some good stuff.
2: I always wondered, how, how is that decided? Does the manager... I mean, before the season, he kind of knows who his position player is. Does he look for volunteers? How, how does that job get get doled I, out? I bet before you answer, I bet there's some <laughs> veterans that
1: are always in the skipper's ear, like, hey, you ever need somebody, I'm your guy, because they want that spotlight. Exactly. He yeah. does
3: not have to ask for volunteers. There's always somebody that's telling you, hey, Skip, I can do this, you know, right. and, or some guy that during batting practice goes down to the bullpen, messes around, you know, that type of thing. So usually he's got a little bit of an inkling beforehand who he's going to go to in those types of situations.
2: I'm going to throw him my knuckleball I mean they're <laughs> probably gonna end up in the rotation after this and it never works oh right yeah anymore. no
3: all the all the <laughs> position players think they can pitch and all the pitchers think they right, can get, like right?
2: uh, Amarista
1: threw here last year Andrew right. Kashner uh, with his home run at Arizona I think he was just talking about an interview with it oh uh, here we go look at blooper uh, we're getting some Amarista footage right now uh unfortunately it was with the Padres down by 14 uh but yeah I mean they have the arms out there, so you might as well just put them on the mound and see what they got.
3: So. Yeah, the, the challenge always is, and we remember this from Jose Canseco, who pitched you know, a little bit, and then he blows out his elbow. So th- you always run the risk of, do I really want to expose a guy? Because even right. though you tell a guy, look, just take it easy out there, right? There's no. They're going to come it. ripping. Hey, yeah. No, it's gonna, like yeah. when you go on the basketball court with your buddies, right? And you say, hey, let's just shoot a little bit, right? And then somebody puts a move on somebody, and the next thing you know, you've got this hardcore one-on-one you going, and somebody rolls chance. an ankle, You're right? You get one
2: chance. <laughs> I'm gonna, I want to <laughs> strike someone exactly. out. I'm throwing as hard as I can. Yeah. That's so good.
1: Uh, Kratz, uh, we didn't have the footage because it wasn't provided to us, but uh, the one pitch he threw was about 30 feet outside, <laughs> literally. So if you check out, check it out online uh, later. I think that's smart pitching. But As
3: a catcher, yeah. he knows you got to keep the boys loose in the box, right? Right, exactly. I'll bet yeah. it was planned. Do not let
1: the hitters get comfortable. Uh, All right, let's get to some Twitter questions. Uh, we had a lot to talk about the last couple of days, so there were actually some questions that I've been bookmarking to get to, uh, uh, this one just coming in now, we're not going to discuss this one too much, but uh, Richard G. Darklighter on Twitter asking why Padre's social hours making him hungry. We talked hot dogs and ballpark food yesterday, brunch today. L- we love food, so nothing nothing wrong with that. No. Um, but let's get to some real questions. Uh, this one from Padres Geekster, who says, the pods will unfold however destined in 2016. Very... Very zen outcome. Meanwhile, we're going to talk about the uh, broadcasting team here. Can we give props to Don Orsillo and Mudcat? He gets, quote-unquote, Mud's jokes. Uh, Dick Enberg away uh, for a couple weeks. And so Don Orsillo, who will take over for the Hall of Famer next year, he and Mud have uh, been working together for a couple days. And if you've been watching the TV broadcasts, it's like they've been hanging out for years. It's been pretty fun. You
2: know what I, I've loved, though, is that Don is hearing some of Mud's material for the first time. <laughs> so when there's a check swing and Mud goes, if he hits it, it's a double, Don like genuinely laughs. Like he's never heard that before. There's a tennis frog with a tennis racket, hockey suit up the middle, and Don is cracking up because it's the first time he's heard. I still love all of Mud stuff, but it's great to hear it through new ears. Don's ears, getting it all for like the first time through a time. child's eyes, yeah. you know. How,
3: how can you not have fun with mud in there, right? He's great, you know. He's and good. the other thing is, I mean, it's almost like facing a pitcher for the first time. You get the scouting report. I mean, he'd heard about mud, I'm sure, but to <laughs> actually sit there with you're, him until you're <laughs> right there in the box, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you got to live stuff. it. Well, uh, let's move to the
1: field. And this was a question that we addressed in passing uh, yesterday from Robert DeBalt, and uh, who is the best Padres player on the roster for years to come? I wanted to expound on that a little bit. So let's frame it this way whether it's someone on the current roster or someone you see in the minor league system, in three years' time, who will be the Padres' best player?
3: Uh, If we're... Refined to just guys that are on the forty-man roster right now, because I think the best player may not even be in the system I'll ex- at this I'll point. I'll expand it. You can take anyone. Well, in the I'll say the, the best want. player may not even be in the system at this point. That's because fair. we're going to see a lot of trades going on and, and hopefully some more young talent coming in. That being said, of the guys that are currently here, I think it's po- good chance it could be Javi Guerra or uh, Manny Margot, the two guys that they brought back from the uh, the Red the Sox Kimble trade. I'm
2: yeah. going to I'm going to th- go out on a limb and I'm going to say it could still be Austin Edges. Could still be – I mean, that catching position, the defense that he brings, unfortunately, has the broken ham eight bone out out six to eight weeks. But uh, let's not forget that that Austin Hedges, if he starts hitting, and he's been hitting until he got hurt in the minors this season at AAA – Uh, He could definitely be a top flight Major League player at a very premium position.
3: No question about it. And to your point, Ben, if he can be that guy that the Padres are hoping that he can be and hit better than they expected, because nobody expected him to hit all. Hey, if he hit 250, but be the catcher defensively they can be and be the leader, of a pitching staff the way he can be, certainly a, a huge asset, no, no question about and we're it. We're seeing – it's funny how baseball goes through positional cycles.
1: Sometimes you get a big bump of shortstops cropping through outfielders, first basemen. Now the Padres themselves seem to have the catcher corner cornered with him, Austin Allen too, even the guys in the big league roster now. Um, for me, I think it's going to be a guy who's maybe the best player on the team right now, Will Myers. I think if he stays healthy, he's only 25 – maybe three years from now, I could see him being that veteran but still young guy who stays healthy and can really anchor the middle of an order where maybe it is Manny Margot getting on base in the two-hole and then Myers driving him in, Hunter Renfro maybe protecting him in the cleanup spot. I still see, because he is so young, people forget. I think Will Myers still has some growth. I think he can develop into
3: that big bat this lineup revolves around. All right, Blooper, you got to put this in a time capsule for us, all right? So three years from now, we'll all check back and see how our predictions turn out. I'll save
1: it. Yeah.
3: Wait, these things live online
1: (laughs) on the Internet? I don't know how technology works. Uh, Speaking of hedges, another Twitter question that came in uh, yesterday with the news of the injury from uh, Dennis Gilias. Hope I'm saying your name correctly, Dennis. Uh, With the news about hedges, and we talk about how this team may be moving some pieces down the road, is there more value in moving Bethancourt Norris, the two catchers in the big league roster now, or Melvin Upton Jr., who's been, along with Will Myers, arguably the best all-around player the Padres have had this year? So if and when the time comes to make some moves personnel-wise, who do you think has the most value on this roster?
2: Well, right now, you know, I I wouldn't turn down a great offer for anyone. If someone calls and blows me over. Real
1: good business there, Ben. Well, I mean, yeah, but
2: but, but at the catching position right now with Austin Hedges out, six to eight weeks, I'm going to hesitate to trade anyone because you need Derek Norris, you need Christian Bethencourt. There's not a lot of guys who are major league ready. I mean, Rocky Gale's been up here, but uh, are you telling me, you know, Christian Bethencourt and Rocky Gale every day for the next two months behind the plate? I don't know that that's something we necessarily want to see on the big league level. So I'm not looking to trade Derek Norris or Christian Bethencourt right now. I'm looking to trade any.
3: If a a great deal came across my desk right now, I'm taking it. I just said
2: that. No, no, you didn't. I did. I
3: said no, I said. No, you said, said I'm not trading. I love it. Yeah. I said if someone offers you. No, but then if he someone, backed up. If you someone comes up, up
1: with $1,000 cash to no, me, no, 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 if no. Taken, someone bulls me it. over, I'm taking it.
2: But and you then, you and then
1: you
3: backtracked and said, "But I'm not trading any of my catchers right now." <laughs> I'm saying if the deal came across right now for Derek Norris, who does, in my opinion, have the most value because Bethancourt's unproven at the big league level, Melvin Upton Jr. Basically, what you would get back is the opportunity to dump $30 dollars th- $30 in salary. The guy that's going to bring back the most talent is Derek Norris, and if somebody wants to offer me some talent for Derek Norris today, I'm, I'm you'll you'll cruise with Rocky Gale or
1: whoever else as a stopgap in the meantime. I would, yes. Yeah, uh, that's the interesting thing to you. A lot of the fans. Get the trades, get the trades. But there is that timing issue. This team could still turn it around. Maybe the deals aren't there yet. Maybe other teams aren't ready to deal yet because they don't know what they have.
3: Which is always so funny. And, Ben, I'm sure you get it all the time also where, why don't we trade so-and-so? Or, you know, how did we only get this? We should have gotten more for this. Look, you can't control the market. If there's not anybody that out there that wants to be a trading partner, it takes two to tango. It takes two to tango. I mean, I can tango alone, but it's not pretty. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't exactly. work out. Yeah. So. It's
1: always about opportunity. Um, East Village Times tweeting in the best player in three years will be Lazaro Armenteros, the Cuban phenom. Lazarito, who I think is only 16 now or 19. I lose track of which uh, Cuban prospects are younger than the others. But, yeah, potentially. And that
3: depends on which purchase certificate you're looking at, too, right? right? That's too, so. yeah. Do
1: you guys see that story, the high school basketball player in Canada? Who Thirty. Yeah, it turned out to be 29, just turned 30. He's been <laughs> pretending he's 17 this whole time. I was
2: wondering what Greg odin has been up to. <laughs> <Are we? laughs>
1: Greg's a nice guy. Leave Greg alone. <laughs> um, all right, so thanks for your, uh, those questions that have come in. If you have more for us now, again, use hashtag PadresSH or jump in on the chat happening at Padres.com slash social hour. We're going to come back and find out what Bob Scanlon would do if he had this much free time on a road trip like the Padres have coming up tomorrow. But first, a reminder that Domingo's Padres is back Presented by T-Mobile, it returns this season with the first one on Sunday, May 8th, it's Mother's Day, before the game against the Mets at 1:40. A popular tradition from the late 90s, it's a family-friendly celebration of Hispanic culture, including food and drinks, entertainment, and themed activities. Tickets at Padres.com slash Domingo's Padres. We're back with more after this on Padres Social Hour.
0: Before every game, get your Padres talk on with us. This is Padres Social Hour.
1: From our home base in the AMR studio here nestled in the left field corner <laughs> at Petco Park with Ben Higgins and Bob Scanlon, Mike Janella here with you as home the base. Padres I like it. Yeah. It's International it's, headquarters uh, yeah, galactic it's HQ.
3: Galactic headquarters, huh? It's like a nice.
1: James Bond movie. After we go off the <laughs> air, this all, like, metamorphosizes and transforms uh, into uh. all kinds of fun stuff. It's uh, Andrew Cashner and Jeff Samarja coming up at 1245. Uh, but first, I, I wanted to talk about this because we just saw this guy here last week, Andrew McCutcheon. Didn't do this kind of damage, but you see the game he had last night? He swung
3: the bat pretty well. Three home runs Yeah.
1: after a game in which he had four strikeouts. And I forget who the other guy. Was. I think it was Tyler Flowers, but Elias, uh, Found or Stats Inc. One of them that it was only the second time a guy had ever followed up a four strikeout game with a three home run game. Which I mean, that, talk about going from
3: on a Tuesday zero night zero to hundred, wearing Ooh. his gray uniform, right? I mean, let, let's break it down and, and be really effective. Didn't
2: with I this. see somewhere that uh, McCutcheon's three home runs matches the entire total for the Atlanta Braves the Bra- all season? So the Braves, yeah. Season. Talk about that's been a rough season. Yeah, they had like a 280 team slugging percentage right now how much longer does freddie gonzalez last over there but
3: that's the thing the braves are intentionally trying to be bad. No, i understand that but still so that eventually usually managers some as, right? of the lakers yeah exactly <laughs> all
2: right yeah well they, they were intentionally bad for two seasons and he got fired anyway yeah, yeah. yeah which is
1: funny because it was yeah as soon as kobe left he left you wonder if kobe was you know this is my guy let me play as much as i want my last season i um, see a former
3: padres manager take over that role at some point interesting I'm just saying. Ooh. Keep an eye out for Buddy Black.
1: Skin analysis on uh, managerial openings? I'm just
3: saying we might see, that you got guys like Ron Gardenhire and Buddy Black out there with experience. You're going to see some managerial changes in the course of the season. Yeah. I would not be surprised to see either one of those guys filling up a lineup card before it's all said yeah. and done. But Black's a good you know, basketball
1: is. guy too. Maybe there it is. Labor. I was waiting for it. The analysis. <laughs> um, all right, we're going to get to some more analysis on a personal note here in a second. But don't forget, I have that uh, question up on my Twitter handle using hashtag PadresSH. It's at Mike Janella. Who do you think the all-star spokespeople are going to be the mysterious uh, duo that will be revealed here at Home Plate Plaza tomorrow. And some folks, I asked you who you think is going to be. We're getting uh, Trevor Hoffman, Steve Finley, uh, Bud Selig, Steve Garvey. So a lot of different Carmelo answers. Carmelo Martinez. That's your, that's your guess? Liscano. <laughs> <laughs> we shall wait and see. As long as it's not uh, me and Blooper, I think the fans will be happy. Um, unless Blooper is – do you have a secret you want to tell us? It's uh- me. I don't know. Maybe. That'd be cool. Um, all right. So we, we asked Jesse Agler when he uh, Skyped in earlier. It's a weird it's a weird uh, getaway day here because the Gi- the Padres are at the Giants, so they're in San Francisco. Their next series is in L.A. doesn't take that long to get there when you're flying. But it's a day game today, 1245 first pitch. Then they fly down to L.A. Then they don't play until Friday. So you have all basically tonight, all day tomorrow, all tomorrow night, what should you do as a player with that free time? Bob, you've been in the big leagues. What would you do in that with all that free
3: time? Well, it totally depends, but obviously it depends what city you're in. Now, Los Angeles is perfect because you get in, you're done tonight, you get into to Los Angeles, right? You can come on home. Jesse is in a great position. He's He's got his young son that he gets to spend some time with. I think that's awesome. So he comes down. I'm personally, I'm calling up Ben. I'm saying, hey, man, let's go get some brunch. All right, it starts at 10. <laughs> We're brunching until noo- uh, like 2 o'clock in the afternoon. We're inviting you, Mike, but I don't know if he joins us or no, not. No, I you know, will not, he's not, I the will not guy. be there.
1: I'm not a brunch guy.
3: It kind of depends on what your what your role is, to be honest with you. Um, if you're a starting pitcher and you just pitched the day before, you're still on a routine. You're still going to get your cardio in. You're going to get a workout in. You're going to do some stuff. But you have some time to have some fun, and it's neat to go out to these towns. And What I always like to do is try to hopefully get into a city where they're, they're in the midst of something that's unique to that town, like in Chicago, the food fest that they have, or the beer fest in Milwaukee. In New York, you, you visit the, the, the Statue of Liberty. You do
2: those types of things and try to get a little feel for the city if you can. I honestly don't know how this works, so maybe you can answer this, Scan. When you're on the road on an off day in a city, but as you said, you want to get in your car to go into work? Do you just do it in the hotel gym? Do they have a, a gym around that they'll take you to? Do you go to the other team's ballpark? What if they're playing – a game that day, and you're just waiting around. How does, how does that work?
3: Yeah, it can be one of two things. First of all, most of the hotels have gyms. They, they The teams try to organize it such, and, and you'll see guys working out sometimes. But and some it,
1: of these hotel gyms are getting really nice these days. Yeah, Not the
3: hotels I stay at, but I imagine where the team is staying. <laughs> the Motel 6 doesn't have yeah. a good gym?
1: Mine, it's like the treadmill that doesn't go above four miles an hour, and it's a broken Bowflex that yeah. hasn't worked in five years.
3: So, Or sometimes, if you get into town, the other team may be out of town, and they'll give you the right to, to use their, their workout facility or something. So it, So it depends. But most guys or find a way to get it in one way another. Or, or you just go to the local 24-hour fitness and buy a, a, a subscription for a day you know
1: let's talk la specifically if it was you if you were playing today say you were mid-20s oh, I'm coming come
3: do? down here I'm, I'm gonna so you wouldn't even you wouldn't bother with la you'd come get a little San Diego. Tips. Right, that's for me. I got right. my family down here, but there's yeah. certain guys who LA. Hey man, there's there's a lot happening. If I, if I'm a single guy in Los Angeles, uh maybe maybe I'm hitting the club scene out there for a night and trying to have some fun or going to Universal Studios, right? I mean Well,
2: especially tonight. You got free tickets, you got free, tickets, <laughs> when you you got free have, passes have a to Universal tomorrow. Studios. I mean, this would be the night if you want to go out and enjoy some nightlife, stay up late. Yeah. You can sleep in tomorrow. You don't have a game, you don't have to worry Now's about the it. This is time to do it. This is time to unwind. I mean, hey, it's 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 only been 3 weeks, but it's already been kind of a roller coaster. You, you might need to let off a little steam out there. Have some fun. Ben,
3: this and might be one of those times where normally they have bed checks to make sure people are in for curfew. This is one of those where they say, if I find anybody in their room at <laughs> 1 o'clock in the morning, <laughs> I'm going to find you. You are expected to be out on the town having some fun, getting away from all this. Yeah,
1: man, and uh, and if you take uh, wrong bachelor Ben Higgins with you, might get you into some doors that you maybe wouldn't <laughs> be able to in the <laughs> L.A. Absolutely. club he, scene. he gets
3: past the velvet
1: yeah. rope, doesn't he? he do- there is no velvet rope to no. even get past when Ben's yeah. walking through. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right, before that, though, the Padres do have a game first, however, that they must get through, and maybe uh, the nighttime plans will be affected by how they perform today. And let's take a look at the pitching matchup that will start it all off. And it's brought to us by Water and Sports Physical Therapy, the official physical therapists of the San Diego Padres. Another ace, Jeff Samarja on the hill for the Giants, but Andrew Kashner coming off two incredible starts. His last one may be the best we've seen from him. Uh, maybe ever, but definitely in quite some time. So, uh, Scan, no one better to ask than you. How do you see this duel shaping up today after well, a great one last night?
3: As you mentioned, Andrew Cashner coming off two great outings. And what I love about those outings, they're they my two favorite Andrew Cashner outings for two reasons. Number one, he came inside, he came inside off the plate. He made hitters uncomfortable early in the, in the, in the ballgame and sent a message to the entire lineup of the other team hey, I'm going to pitch in, I'm going to pitch in off the plate, so don't get comfortable in there. Number two, very effective as using his curveball. So not only was he giving himself more breathing room to the outside corner, but also working back and forth. I loved it. I, I've had so much fun watching him pitch the last two days, and I feel like we're watching the development of Andrew Kasher and say,
2: look, I, I'm not going to throw it by guys. I've got to start maybe being a little bit uh, less predictable. That change changeup to Matt Adams of the Cardinals, that was in the first inning of his last start, loved that pitch. Three, three and two. Never expecting it from Kashner. Real, really pitching backwards, I like to see that. And what
3: you, what you don't see there also is that the, a pitch before that, he actually moved Adams off the plate, which allows him to get a little bit more breathing room on those off-speed pitches and get guys uh, look, looking silly on some of the, on some of the off-speed.
1: All right, and the way he's been pitching, he has been a stopper of sorts. They need that today with his losing skit to come out there deliver a very similar performance to put this losing streak in the rearview mirror. Water and sports physical therapy, San Diego's leader in aquatic and land therapy with seven convenient locations, visit WaterAndSportsPT.com. We talked pitching. We're going to come back and talk the lineup right after this on Padres Social Hour.
0: We're talking Padres all season long. This is Padres Social Hour coming to you from the AMR studio inside the team store.
1: First pitch less than a half hour away as the Padres look to salvage a win at the Giants in their first of two series on the road. Looking to salvage a win, too, is the couch in this series in our Supercuts Head-to-Head Challenge. And let's take a look at the lineup today, brought to us by United. It's John Jay in center field. Will Myers at first, then Matt Kemp in right. Melvin Upton Jr. hitting cleanup and playing left field. Brett Wallace gets the start at third base today, batting fifth. Derek Norris catching Alexei Ramirez at short. Jamal Weeks playing second. And then Andrew Kashner pitching. Blooper on five. Fire! He's won two in a row, taking both of the first two games in this series. After yesterday, he had Will Myers, who continued his hitting streak with a one-for-four night. And today, uh, no, you picked Myers first yesterday, right? Blue. Yes, I
4: did. Okay, oh. so Ben,
1: I was wrong, and we talked in the pregame show. You actually get the first pick today, looking to snap this futility streak for the couch. Who All you right, got?
2: Uh, I believe I'm one and zero on the season. You are. My picks so. I'm going to go with Andrew Kashner to make it three terrific starts in a row. I like it. First time anyone on
1: the couch this year has chosen a pitcher. That's usually Blooper's move. Ah, Yeah. And Scan likes that. So, Blooper, who are you
4: taking? 11-game hit streak, Will Myers. All right.
1: Myers picked for the second day in a row by Blooper and for the 1,000th day in a row by uh, by either the couch or Blooper.
3: You (laughs) got to go with John Jay.
1: That's your pick today? Yeah, I'm just saying. Throw it, throw it out there. Just All right. Yeah. Well, uh, our, our He's done really
3: well against Smart ch- I know ours don't matter, yeah. but I'm just saying, you know, we, you know when we you're wearing shoes as beautiful as those my brand red, new. My red
1: chucks. Yeah, yeah. the red chucks. Uh, we should start keeping track. We'll have the couch and blooper as the actual legitimate contest, but yeah. then the host and the, and the number two seat. Yeah. The smart guys on the program. The usually. peanut gallery. We just hey. smack talk on the side. See uh, see how, how we do. Because, honestly, I think so far we've done pretty terribly. My picks have honestly been really bad. <laughs> well, I so figured we'll start it was, now. Yeah, I we'll figured it was
2: blue. Looper's call to make the second seat on the couch pick because generally the person who knows less about baseball than the person in the first seat. So,
3: but that's where he's wrong because Ben knows a ton about baseball, obviously, right? <laughs> not as I mean, much doing as Bob. the doing the post game show yeah. and the pre game show and everything. So uh, he's got his. I mean, there, there's a reason you're to know. It's not and, by I accident. Know my friend, who's hot,
2: and I know who's pitching well today, and it's yep. Andrew Cashner. Absolutely. So. I like it it. All right, so it's
1: Andrew Kashner for the couch. Will Myers, once again, for a blooper, trying to break this 6-6 tie. We'll have somebody new in the lead tomorrow. At Supercuts, they pay attention to every detail. The cut, the lines, the hot towel finish, so you can feel sharp, clean, and ready to go. Find a Supercuts near you at supercuts.com. We're back to wrap things up. Look at the Social Hour logo on the Petco Park video board. It looks great on this beautiful afternoon. This is Padres Social
0: Hour. Get ready for every Padres game with us. Coming to you from inside the team store at Petco Park, this is Padres Social Hour.
1: We are almost at first pitch between Padres and the Giants. Again, Andrew Kashner and Jeff Samarja as AT&T Park had the tarp on earlier, now looking ready for some day baseball. I saw a tweet from uh, Dennis Lynn of the UT as we're back here in the AMR studio just moments ago saying that uh, Robbie Erlin, who's on the DL with that elbow strain, has been backed off from throwing, from coming back. Could resume when the Padres get to L.A., but the team has discussed ordering tests. A, not good news we saw this with Tyson Ross, too. Why not order the tests early? Because that happened where it was Tyson was just, oh, it's just a little thing. Turns out to be a lot more serious than expected. Maybe this is the case with Robbie Erland now. What do you take from that news?
3: Well, the other thing to keep in mind, this isn't the first time that Robbie's had elbow issues. Last year, he missed quite a bit of time with the strained elbow. So as soon as this one cropped up, it was a red flag for me of, uh-oh, we've seen this before with Robbie. Hopefully it's nothing more serious, but certainly obviously warrants uh, getting the MRI done.
2: It's unfortunate that the guys who have gone on the disabled list aren't coming back a little faster, but it's something you can't really control. Yeah,
1: we'll see what those, uh, if they do go for tests, what those
2: say, or if he just needs a couple
1: days off. No days off for us. Tomorrow, we're back at noon with Bill Center and Derek Togerson. Enjoy brunch, everybody, if you still have that to go today. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, Bob. And thank you, Blooper. It's Padres and Giants wrapping up the series after this. Thanks
4: for watching Padres Social Hour.